Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camel wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. And by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com. And by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics tells us about his new YouTube series, Cartridge Talks. Jim Willis shares his recipe for venison caveman roast, and Jesse Qualley reports good walleye action on Petenwell and Castle Rock Lakes. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, presented by Pappas Trading Post, Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H, and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. You hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO and anytime at all on our podcast on Lakelink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorsRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us once again is McFarland guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, welcome back and thanks for joining us again. Well, thank you, Dan. It's been a busy summer already. Well, you've been fishing all over the state, haven't you? Yeah, I've been all around. The last couple of weeks, I was all the way up into Marinette, fishing the Menominee River. And the pike bite was really good. Caught some smallmouth bass. Water levels are very low there as well, though. It's a situation that's happening everywhere, it looks like, around the state. Yeah, gosh, they talked about record precipitation from January and through April, and then near-record drought, or whatever you want to call it, since then. It's crazy. Right. Madison chain is three feet low. You know, they control the lock with the lock system here on the chain, and they've obviously let too much out in the spring thinking they were going to get a lot more rain, and none of it's uh, three feet low, and they're having all kinds of problems out here with boats and stuff. Oh, boy. So how's the fishing on the chain? The fishing's been pretty good. You know, the muskies have been pretty active. The water temperature yesterday was 75 degrees. So, you know, you can fish the muskies without having to worry about hurting them too bad. Of course, once it hits 80 degrees, we quit. But it's been in the 70s. It's been in the 80s already this year, but that's been a few weeks ago now. They've been, again, been pretty active off the weed edges, at least for me. Other guys maybe catch some trolling or deeper, but the weed edges is where I've been finding most of my fish. And the bass, same thing. They've been very active off the steeper breaks, where off the weed edge it drops real quick, say 20 feet or so. Largemouth and smallmouth have both been in those situations, as well as the panfish. What are you getting the bass on? I've been fishing a lot of plastics and mud rigs. Yesterday I was catching them on a crayfish pattern that's just a Texas rig crayfish. Uh-huh. With about a quarter ounce sinker. Okay. Texas rig, and throwing it just into the edge of the weeds and bringing it out. I was fishing a 15 foot weed edge, 12 to 15 feet, it buried a little bit along there. Quite a few largemouth. I only had a couple smallies, but the largemouth is pretty active on that weed edge. Okay. Uh, how about the muskies? What are you getting them on? The muskies, have been, for me anyway, have been mostly on rubber, like Big Joe's. The smaller bulldogs, you know, I've thrown the big ones, but, uh, and we're getting some pretty nice fish. I mean, it's not like we're getting little 30 inch fish. We're getting some pretty nice fish. They're hitting that mid-sized bulldog. Black with an orange tail has been very good. 
that, of course, is a deep water bait, or at least a sinking bait. So you're near bottom, yeah. off the weeds? Just off the weeds. And if you're getting into the weeds, just make your cast maybe five feet further to the left or right, you know, depending on what angle it is. You're fishing it, and when you're pumping it and working it, as soon as you stop picking up weeds, then you know you're in the right zone because they're hanging right on the edge of them. Uh-huh, okay. Any walleye action there on the lake? Actually, we did a film the other night for a couple hours after my guide trip during the day, and I found a few walleyes on Mendota. We were actually catching them in six to eight feet of water on spinnerbait. It surprised the heck out of me with it, but because we were actually thinking smallmouth, you know, and or largemouth, either one, and all of a sudden, we started catching uh, walleyes. Of course, the wind was blowing into that edge, and it was blowing in her heart. We had two-foot waves in there, and you know, put the spot lock on and, and hold her, and then make your cast, and then jog over maybe 10 feet and do it again. And uh, those walleyes were actually in the weeds themselves. They were coming up and smoking those sunbeds. We had fish up to about 20 inches. Okay. Now, I've had that kind of action on Beaver Dam Lake many years ago, throwing uh, basically, oh gosh, what was it, a whistler jig with a nail tail, and ripping, oh, yeah. ripping it over the tops of weeds, and I thought, there's no way we're going to catch walleyes, but the guy I was with swore by it, and after he caught three, I started paying attention, and we caught him that way. <laughs> you know, you get a good wind blowing into an area, and like a wheat bed, one thing about it, this weed bed too, the weed cutters had been in there like maybe a week before that, cut those weeds so they were cut down a little ways. We were in six to eight feet of water and your weeds would be down about two feet below the surface. It gave you a little room to work bait over the top. Yeah, that's nice. You mentioned you were up north, you were on the Menominee River, how was that? That was good, but we had smallmouth, northern pike, and they had quite a few northern pike. Pike up to about 32, 33 inches, didn't have any real monsters, but a lot of action and the squad smallmouth up to about four pounds they were nice fish didn't get any really great big ones but the action was fast i was weight fishing i didn't have my boat there and then i went out to the mouth where it dumped into the bay of green bay out there and i caught up some pike and smallmouth out there as well out off the break wall no kidding was that yeah. on top water or spinner baits or what i was catching them on swim bait i did catch a couple on jigging spoons where it dumped into the bay because the water was deeper yeah but for the most part, I was catching most of my good fish on swim baits, like a minnow-type pattern. High-tech with, say, an eighth or a quarter-ounce swim bait head seemed to work really well. Okay. How about the Wisconsin River? Is that still low as it it's, as it was before? It's very low, yeah. It's very hard. Of course, I'm running a jet boat. I can get around, but it's even getting hard for that jet boat someplace. you got to really watch where you're running. Flow rates have been really down. For instance, going north on 39, if you look on both sides, you'll see you could probably walk all the way across the river there and not get your knees wet. Pretty shallow. Yeah. yeah. But that should concentrate the fish in deeper holes, doesn't it? It will. Sometimes when the water gets low, it panics the fish, too. They're not as aggressive as they can be on a steady flow. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely congregate. It'll push them into the cover really tight, you know, into the wood or rocks. If you find rocks there, you know, there's not much rock on that stretch. Um, I actually fished one day down by Lake Wisconsin, just north of Lake Wisconsin. Of course, the water levels down there don't seem to fluctuate as much because of the lake backing up there. You have a lot better water, and, and the, the fish were very active down there. Just anywhere from the interstate bridge where it crosses the Wisconsin towards the lake, there was a lot of action with smallmouth, largemouth, and, and even walleye and a couple of pike. Oh, huh. that's cool. Yeah, we're fishing plastic. We 
fished spinnerbaits a little bit, caught some on spinnerbaits, caught a few on crankbaits. So it didn't seem to matter too much. It was whatever you could fish, fish the most effective in, say, a certain spot. Yeah. How about the Mississippi? Have you been back over there? I have not, but I am ready to go. <laughs> I am ready to go. I was up uh, by Park Falls when I was up by the Menominee River and went across the visiting a friend of mine that worked for St. Floyd Fishing Rods, and while I was there, I took a tour of the factory. Uh, very interesting, and they will schedule these tours if you ask them, you know, ahead of time. It's very interesting. If you've never been through and watched those rods made, kind of realize when you see a $200 rod why it's $200. Yeah. All the work that goes into it. I was up there in late May, and we got a tour. It's my second tour. Yeah, it's really impressive. It is. While I was there, I fished with Gavin Falk, who was one of the rod engineers there to help them design rods and things. He took me musky fishing in the evening, and we did pretty well. I had a 43-incher, and he had one that was probably 45. We saw several other fish, so it was a very nice trip. Now, what were those on? Was that still uh, the deep water stuff? He caught his fish on a, it's a new bait, it's a prototype. It's got double spinners, a big twister tail on it. It looks kind of like a big bulldog, except it looks like a solid tube jig with a twister tail. Okay. But it's got two spinners come out the tail, and it's one he, of course, he got from the manufacturer, being with St. Floyd Rods, and uh, that's what he caught his on. I caught mine on an old reliable double-bladed black and orange blade and black bucktail. Yeah, that's a very popular color up there. Dark water, especially, I think. Yeah, dark water. We were fishing over in that Lambeth Floyd area and over around the Springstead there and in that area. Okay. Well, Ron, we're going to let you go here, but what's your next adventure? I'll be on the water tomorrow, and I'll be on the water Friday, and then I'll be heading this weekend to the Northwoods again. Be fishing a lot of bass and walleye and probably some muskies as well. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you again before it ends. Good luck, and thanks for the report. You're welcome, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Ron Bearfield from McFarland, fishing all over Wisconsin. This is the Madison Outdoors Report, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post. You can find them on the web at pappastradingpost.com. I'm Dan Small, more outdoors radio, right after this. Pappas Trading Post is southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit com. All 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business, and the firm of Hupie and Abraham has paid tens of thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in the Milwaukee area and southeast Wisconsin. Michael Hupie is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. If you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimeStoppers.com. Joining us this week from Oconto, Wisconsin, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, you're off to another tournament this weekend. What's going on? 
Yeah, we got the Masters Walleye Circuit event in Ocanto, and uh, 62 teams here vying for a chance to, or a piece of uh, over $60,000. I think first place teams taking home $9,700 in cash. Is there a boat in the mix? Not in this one. This one is just cash and they have a bunch of other prizes. We got brand new lithium batteries for the boat worth like four and a half grand Ooh. and eight thousand dollar Ranger Cup bonus and I mean you, you certainly could finance your way to a pretty sizable down payment on a boat, I suppose. Yeah. Are a lot of these guys using forward facing sonar? I would imagine they are. They are, yeah. A lot of these guys are. It's I'm not gonna say you can't compete without it because it really depends on where you're going to fish and, and, and the style of fishing. If you're a trolling guy, that's what you're confident on, and that's, you know, really the bite that you're stuck on, you may not need the forward-facing sonar. But if you're a casting guy, if you're casting, you know, ripping wraps or shiver minnows, you will get beat every time if you don't have that forward-facing sonar. Because these guys, not only can they pick off individual fish, they can go, oh, I don't want that one. Oh, that's the size fish we're looking for, and pick that one off. Wow! You know, and count to it. So it's it's pretty incredible technology to watch you being used. Yeah, I have only used it on the ice, uh, and just you know, for two days up at Lake of the Woods. I'm sure I'll have a chance sometime in the near future. And uh, everybody says it's a game changer. And I'm sure your anglers agree on that. So Robert has been racing and continuing his winning streak. I understand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we have uh, had the chance to get him out racing at a different track now a couple of times. We took him up to Rhinelander once last year, and we did it again this year earlier in the week. And last year was kind of a humbling experience for him there. You know, you get used to a track, you know, and what it looks like throughout the year. And we didn't know what it was going to be like for him going up to Rhinelander, but he swept the night. He raced three races, won all three. So he was the overall winner in his uh, round of races as a 10 novice, took home a gold medal, and uh, his second official win in USA BMX sanction. Yeah, and you've got a trophy case for him already? We do, we do. You know, he's had a lot of third and second place trophies and a ton of ribbons, and you know, he had Taekwondo trophies from a few years ago as well. We've got it established. There's no room in that trophy case for the big first place trophy he took home a couple weeks ago, but... Now the, uh, the metal is tucked safely in there. Yeah, well, good. Uh, you can think about an addition, maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. a kid cave. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. You may or may not know this, but next Saturday, July 29th, is National Chicken Wing Day. You're a Wings fan, aren't you? I am. I do love chicken wings. Yeah, well, you know probably that they were created in Buffalo, New York back in 1964 at the Anchor Bar by the owner Teresa Bellissimo. She had a pot of wings and she cooks them up for her son and his uh, college buddies and they liked them so much and the rest is history. So folks have a chance to uh, of course, enjoy wings anytime they go out, really, just about any restaurant in the world. But our friends at High Mountain Seasonings have a chicken wing bundle now where you can get seasonings that range from blue cheese and uh, western and Cajun and uh, sweet honey. Uh, it's really cool. So if you're thinking about a wing party, now you're going to have a party for that boy and all, all his friends, right? We are, yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe they would enjoy some chicken wings. Yeah, good yeah. idea.
You can get them at sporting goods stores uh, like Cabela's and Bass Pro. Some grocery stores have them, or you can order them online at himtnjerky.com. That's shorthighmountainjerky.com, or you can just Google it. You'll find it. Well, Jeff, I have been catching up on the farm after being on the road for a week, but I'm taking off again this coming week. I'm going to be fishing with Dumper Dan. This is part of a Great Lakes fishing promotion that's focusing on Wisconsin's two Great Lakes. I'll have a full report on it next week, but this is a big deal. Andrew McKean from Outdoor Life is coming. He's going to be on the boat with us. Midwest Outdoors will be there the day before. So I get to fish one afternoon and one morning, and then there's a chef preparing a special meal for us. I assume the fish we catch or maybe some that Dumper had caught ahead of time. So I haven't been out with him for a couple of years now, but I'm looking forward to it. So I'll talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we've still got room for two more guests on my Lake of the Woods trip in September. If you're interested, go to blackisland.com. Look for the Trips tab. Click on my name for details, and you'll get all the information. Well, Jeff, we'll talk to you again next week. Hope the tournament goes well and drive safely coming home. Thanks so much, Dan. You bet. Well, coming up, we'll talk to Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics about his new YouTube series, Cartridge Talks. Chef Jim Willis shares his recipe for venison caveman roast. If you got a crowd to feed and the wings aren't on the menu, this is the venison equivalent of roasting a pig or a whole lamb, actually. It's really cool. And we'll kick things off with a report on walleye action on Petenwell and Castle Rock Lakes with Greenwater Walleye's Guide. Jesse Qualley. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. 
Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camel Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Juneau County offers four seasons of outdoor recreation on two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes and many miles of river, hiking, and biking trails and much more. Check out all that's available in Juneau County online at castlerock-petenwell.com. And joining us now is Jesse Qualley. He's a regular on the show, and he's the owner of Greenwater Walleyes Guide Service. His website is greenwaterwalleyes.com. You'll find links there to his social media pages and fish that he's caught and all kinds of interesting things. Well, Jesse, thanks for joining us again. Welcome back. Hey, it's good to talk to you, and I bet the fishing has picked up a little since we talked last. Oh, yeah, it's picked up. We had some major storms last week, a few days, and it kind of shut the fishing down. But then we had a kind of a big bug hatch this week of mayflies, finally, and it's starting to come around again, starting to pick up here. Yesterday was picking up pretty good in the afternoon, and today was a good bite all day. Okay, now we are recording this early in the week. The mayfly hatch that you have there, do the bass and the walleyes go after them? Yes, majorly. I mean, a lot of the fish that we've been cleaning lately are just plump full, you know, they're like little footballs, and everybody always asks, what are they eating besides this? So, well, they're eating these bugs. When you clean them, you know, it looks like mud in them, but I'm pretty sure it's all bugs. You know, I don't know if they're sinking and they're eating the skins or if they're eating them off the top. Today we've seen quite a few fish feeding off the top early morning. We don't need them around anymore because when they're eating them, it's kind of a tough bite. It's more of a nightcrawler bite. You only get a few windows. Say every 15, 20 minutes, you know, you get a hot, fast bite, you know, and then it'll shut down for quite a while, and then you got to kind of move around. And it's turned around. Today was a lot better than what it's been. And you're catching walleyes? Yep, walleyes and a lot of perch now. The perch population has really, really came back four or five years ago, and you catch a few earlier in the year, here or there, but it seems like this time of year they're either feeding on something or they're migrating or they're doing something, but the perch action has been very, very, very good, and they're footballs this year, too. Uh-huh. Now, you're on Petenwell, I would imagine, right? Yep. Well, I've been catching the perch on Petenwell and Castle Rock the last two weeks. Okay. And trolling now? Yeah, we have been trolling. You know, when the water temperature gets in that 75, 77, even 80 degrees of water temperature, these fish will suspend high in the water column. It's more of a reaction strike where you're using like a hot cod or something that's jointed or something loud and rattled, something with a really fast action. And we've been pulling them fast. You know, it only gives them fish a couple of seconds to decide if they want to hit it or let it fly by, you know. Okay. And how big are the walleyes running? Are they good size? to 19 inch range you're getting a lot of them bigger slot fish matter of fact i just caught a slot fish here or uh, over the slot fish my biggest one i caught jigging in the last two years it was right at 30 inches on the head it was a dandy of a fish 
Wow. Now, what is the regulation there on both flowages for walleyes? As of right now, you can keep five walleyes per person a day. They need to be 15 inches to keep, and then from 20 to 28, no harvest, and then one over 28. But it sounds like, and I'm in favor of this, it sounds like they're going to drop her down to statewide where you're only going to be able to keep three walleyes, but you're still going to have the size limit and the slot fish and the stuff, you know, slot limit and stuff. But that's a good thing. A lot of the guys, I know the guy too, they think that's a good thing too. I guess I'm not surprised because I know you well and I know that you're conservation minded, but you would think that with the limit going from five to three, that might have some people thinking, well, geez, I don't know if if I want to pay a guide to fish all day and just keep three walleyes. I mean, are you seeing that at all? No, what I see a lot of is, I get a lot of repeat customers too, but I see a lot of newer homes being built, you know, throughout the whole Wisconsin River system, or a lot of newer people coming from Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, a lot of people from Michigan I've been taking. But they're just new to the area, and a lot of people are here spending vacation. They just want to catch fish. It don't matter what people, they just want to catch fish. You know, some people will say, all right, we just want perch, or some people just want crappies or something. You know, we get that a little bit, but a lot of people, it doesn't matter. They just want to relax and catch fish. And you catch both walleyes and then panfish doing the same thing there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, even like trolling, you can get a mixed bag of everything. You'll catch catfish, you'll catch crappies, perch. Sometimes bluegills, walleyes, a little bit of everything, big northern. Actually, we've been catching some really, really nice pike trolling lately. No kidding. But yeah, both on Castle Rock and Petenwall, you can you can get a mixed bag. Like when you're walleye fishing, you'll catch perch, you'll get sheephead, catfish. You try to target walleyes, and you know how it is when you put a nightcrawler down. You, everything likes nightcrawlers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the last time I fished with you trolling, I think we caught a few walleyes and we caught some nice catfish. doing is there anything on the wisconsin river that's worth talking about now i've been doing quite a few trips down at the dells too chasing smallmouth now the water is really low down this year at the dells it was high all spring now it's really low and these smallmouth i mean early morning and evening it's insane they are chasing bait fish up and down the river and it's like piranhas you just, we've been just using like a little small crankbait and you just get where they're chasing the minnows just casting in there and it's like every cast. I don't know if the boat spooks them, but they'll kind of shut down a little bit and then they'll be chasing down here and then you just kind of follow them around. It's almost like they're bone fishing in Florida or something, you know. It's a blast. So we've been doing a lot of that lately and a lot of nice smallies in that 16 to 20 inch range. Nice. Where can you launch with the water so low if you're fishing in the Dells area? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 
Well, they're good fighters for sure. Well, you've been busy. Do you have any dates available yet for the rest of July and August? Yeah, I have a couple. I think the 29th and 30th open in July, and then I have 4th, 5th, and 6th in August, and then I have some mid-August. A lot of people are hurrying up and finishing out the vacation before the kids go back to school. And Yeah, i got a few dates left open. All right. Well, thanks for the report. We'll let you go, and we'll mention your website again in case people want to fish with you because a big body of water like Petenwell, Castle Rock, or even the river, it helps to go with somebody who's been there and knows what he's doing. You bet. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. You bet. Jesse Qualley, owner of Greenwater Walleyes Guide Service. Website is easy to remember. Greenwaterwalleyes.com, and you'll find links to his Facebook page and other social media there as well. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Summer is grilling time for a lot of folks, and for many of us, it's a great time to grill some of the venison we harvested last fall, if you got any left in your freezer, that is. And joining me now to talk about a unique grilled venison recipe is Jim Willis. Jim is from Menasha, Wisconsin, and for those who don't know, that's on the northwest shore of Lake Winnebago. And he still lives in the Fox Cities. He's a former professional chef, and he spent a lot of time in the restaurant business. And he's the host of the Camo Cook podcast, and he's got a Facebook page, Camo Cook as well, and some other social media things that he'll tell us about. Well, Jim, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Hey, thank you for the invite, Dan. You bet. Tell us where else we can find you on the Internet. On the internet, well, you can find me at Camel Cook on Facebook. My YouTube channel, which I have a lot of my different hunting and fishing videos to go along with my cooking recipes, is Willis Outdoors 1. You can find it by searching there on YouTube. And also Willis Outdoors on Facebook as well. All right. Now, your recipe, Caveman Venison Roast, is getting a lot of press lately. You are a regular on Terry Zilka's Hunt Fish Travel Podcast, and I imagine it's been talked about or uh, written about elsewhere, right? This is actually the first time I've released this recipe. This is something I've always kind of had near and dear to me for my family's cookouts. And when I got a chance to do a grilling article, that was one of the first things that came to mind, because this is one of my favorite things to do on the grill. So what is the history of your caveman roast? A number of years back, we were trying to figure out a way to feed 15, 20 people at a cookout. I had a bunch of venison. And I knew if I just cut up steaks out of this venison hindquarter, I wasn't going to have enough steaks to give everybody a good chunk of steak. So I decided to cook it up like this because I love cooking prime rib in the restaurants. And this is very, very similar to the way I cook a prime rib. I would actually use the venison hindquarter. I figured this would give me a chance to feed more people and they'd be able to just cut off their own chunks just like you would a prime rib. And it worked out rather well. And I've been using it quite a bit. In all the bigger family gatherings, they can usually feed 20 people easily. Wow, okay. Now, you butcher your own deer, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't trust anybody else with my venison. It's kind of precious to me. Mm-hmm. And I love doing it. I've learned how to do it, so might as well. Yeah. Now, most people probably have their deer cut up, or even if they do it themselves, I don't imagine a lot of people leave a whole hindquarter. But if folks do, what should they do with it? I have a big roll of the commercial-grade saran wrap that I pick up from restaurant supply stores. It's a bigger, they're more durable than just your regular saran wrap. And I'll wrap that up around the whole hindquarter as tightly as I possibly can to the meat. And then I'll I'll freeze it in my deep freeze. And I've had them hold out for a year without any issues, without any frostbite. I leave the membranes on it to kind of help protect the meat and make sure you leave all the fat cap on and stuff like that that covers the meat. That way it helps kind of protect it from freezer burn. Okay, and then when you're ready to prepare it, what are the steps? Why don't you walk us through it? Normally I have them frozen. I love it when I have them fresh because I don't have to go through the extra steps of unthawing it. But what I'll do is I'll pull it out about two or three days in advance because it's going to take a couple of days in your refrigerator to thaw it out. And you don't really want to have that just sitting on your counter all day long, thawing out on room temperature. It's much safer to thaw it out in the refrigerator. So after a couple of days of being thawed out and I compress the meat and I find out that it's completely thawed, then I'm ready to use it. Well, the next step would be to take that silver skin off of it. It's that membrane that'll cover the meat. Uh, You'll see it a lot when you get your whole cuts of meat, your whole tenderloins and your whole ribeyes. You'll see the the membrane over there. You want to take that off because it doesn't cook down rather well. And some pieces of it will actually never cook down. It's kind of like gristle. So you kind of want to take all that off. And it also helps when you season the meat for it to penetrate the meat because it doesn't have to penetrate that membrane layer first. I haven't done a whole hindquarter like that unless I'm really in a hurry and I don't have time to uh, completely butcher the deer. But we take the roasts, a couple of roasts off the hindquarter, and I leave that silver skin on until I'm going to cook it. And then you just fillet it off the way you would fillet the skin off a walleye, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the easiest way to do it. I use my fishing fillet knife that works great for it, and I can just get right underneath that silver skin and just peel it right away. You're really not cutting into the meat. You're just sliding your knife between the membrane and the meat layer. Okay. So now we've got the roast thawed and or the hindquarter thawed, and we've got the silver skin off it. Now what? Well, now for the seasoning. Seasoning for this roast is a three-part method. You kind of got to go in order because of the way the seasonings actually stick to the meat, what the seasonings are actually doing in the meat. So you'll kind of want to keep it in this order. Uh, first, I'll rub it down with kosher salt, coarse ground kosher salt. You don't want fine ground. You don't want table salt. That's going to cause a really, really salty flavor on your meat. The kosher salt, it's not as fine, so it won't penetrate as much. It'll leave a nice crust on the meat. So I rub it down. It's about a half cup, depending on how big it is. But don't be afraid to put too much. You can't really put too much. You want to completely cover the entire hindquarter rubbed in with salt. Then when you're done with that, I take a coarse ground black pepper, and I'll do the same thing over the salt. So I'm rubbing the pepper into the seasoned meat over the top of the salt. And then when I get that completely rubbed in, I'll do the same thing with paprika. Once again, with all these seasonings, you don't have to worry about going too heavy on it. Even though you think you're putting a lot of salt on or a really lot of pepper, you're only really seasoning the outside of the meat. You don't have to worry about the meat getting salty. It's going to form pretty much like a bark on the outside of the meat when you're cooked. Okay. Anything else go on it? 
Well, sometimes I like to actually do, for a fourth ingredient, Italian seasoning. It kind of adds a little more smoky flavor when you're grilling it because those leaves will tend to smoke and release that aroma. So a lot of the times for a fourth ingredient over the top of the paprika, I'll rub in Italian seasoning. That's got all your basil, your thyme, oregano, marjoram, a few other seasonings in there just to kind of help give that meat a little extra kick. I keep it really, really simple for this one because I don't know about anybody else, but I'm just a really big fan of the flavor of venison. I know a lot of people mix their venison with pork or with burger when they grind it. I don't mix mine with anything. I love the flavor of venison, so I want to make sure the flavor of the venison really stands out. And then to the grill, how do you prepare a grill and, and then how do you cook the meat? I'll leave the seasonings on there for a few hours. I wanted to start to penetrate. I wanted to actually start to season the meat. If you put it on too quick, you might lose the seasonings and you're not going to get that flavor that you want with those seasonings. So I'll give it a few hours to sit with the seasonings on and then I'll put it on a hot grill. It's usually almost always charcoal when I do it. So I'll put it over the direct heat and I want to get good grill marks on the outside of the meat till you start getting those you know, the black marks and stuff like that, you're starting to get a good char to it. Once you got that, take it off of that and put it on indirect heat. So you'll be cooking it away from the heat so it doesn't have any heat below it. I usually try and shoot for maybe around 300 degrees, depending on how accurate your grill is. 350, somewhere right around there, more like a baking temperature. And then I'll let that cook until the internal temperature. I'll stick a probe thermometer and it thicks part of the meat up against the bone. And once that hits about 130, I'm good to go because that's going to be, it's going to raise a little bit as it's resting and you should have a good medium cook. And then you mentioned resting. You let it sit for a while before you serve it. Always important to rest meat you cook, especially steak. When they talk about resting your steak when you're cooking beef or even really any meat, rest it for as long as you cooked it for, for when you're doing a steak on the grill. This one... Um, obviously you're not going to sit there and let it rest for two hours of your cook time, you know. So what I'll do is I'll take it off of the grill and I'll wrap it in aluminum foil. And then I'll just set it over on the kitchen counter and just let it rest. By resting, you're redistributing the juices inside the meat. Uh, so when you cut into your piece of meat, you don't get that big puddle of myoglobin, what people call blood on your cutting board and on your plate. If it's rested it's not going to bleed out all over your plate. You're going to save those juices into the meat, and it's going to be a much more flavorful, much more juicy piece of meat. My wife calls that the not blood, but I know what you mean. My agreement is a technical <laughs> the not term blood. For, yeah. I like that one. And then you could carve this up, and you could slice it up, or you could let your guests just hack off a piece that they'd like, right? That's what I like to do. I hand them the butcher knife and the, and the carving fork and say, carve off as big or as little pieces you want. I know the kids go around, they'll have the little pieces. Some adults, you know, if they're feeling really hungry, they'll go at a big chunk of meat. That way people can pick and choose exactly how they want to eat. It's a more fun, more family-type dish. Everybody getting together, carving off the meat, all eating off the same plate. It's kind of a good feeling with that. So that's the way I like to do it. Okay. Have you ever tried this with a lamb or hog hindquarter? I have not. I have been wanting to do a full lamb, leg of lamb on my grill, but unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity to play with that. Well, I might have to try it. We raise sheep. I don't have a full hindquarter, but I've got some roast and uh, shank. I like shank too. 
You know, that one thing about this caveman roast that I like is it actually gives you a way to use the shank. Because a lot of the people, especially the people that butcher their deer themselves, the shank has got so much tendons in it and so much gnarly stuff that a lot of people don't like saving that. And they spend all that time trying to trim the meat off of it to grind it up into their burger. But if you do it this way, you can just peel that meat off that's nice and fall off the bone off the grill and it's a great way to use that up too because i use the whole leg from the shank all the way up to the hip well jim this is great that you shared this recipe with us if people want to get it again you, you've got it right on your camo cook facebook page right is that where i can find it the, the article has been shared on there and you can also find it at huntfishtravel.com you should be able to find the recipe and the full article on there otherwise i've linked it to all of my pages so yeah if you go to any of them you should be able to find your way to my article thanks so much for sharing it oh thanks for having me both seasons coming up so if you're butchering your own deer or if you've got someone who's going to process it for you think about saving at least one hindquarter and do it this way uh, caveman venison roast jim willis we will send people to your facebook page and to huntfishtravel.com and Good luck this season. Maybe we'll talk to you again. Good luck to yourself. Thank you. You bet. Jim Willis, huntfishtravel.com is where you can find the complete recipe. You can find more of his work at The Camel Cook on Facebook. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Step outside. Let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of unclouded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Your land is your legacy. But keeping it healthy and thriving means caring for it now and in the future. The Family Forest Carbon Program can help you do right by your land with guaranteed income, help developing a forest management plan, and advice from experts. If you own 30 acres or more of forest land in Michigan, Wisconsin, or Minnesota, you may be eligible to enroll in the Family Forest Carbon Program. Visit FamilyForestCarbon.org and enroll today. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth gear is what you're looking for. Huntworthgear.com. That's Huntworthgear.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Vortex Optics, American and veteran-owned and located in Barneveld, Wisconsin, designs and manufactures premium optics like rifle scopes, binoculars, rangefinders, as well as other gear for hunting and other outdoor pursuits. Their website is vortexoptics.com. And, of course, some of you know this, Vortex sponsors my Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV special, which airs each year in November, right around deer hunting season, about a week before, all over Wisconsin and the upper Midwest, and it's still available on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. And joining me now to talk about YouTube, but not my show, from Barneveld, Wisconsin, is Mark Boardman. He's part of the Vortex marketing team, and he's been a regular guest on the show the last couple of years. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to Outdoors Radio. Oh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Anytime we get the opportunity to chat optics or optics-related activities, man, we are all in. Yeah, and thank you for your support, your ongoing, continued support of Deer Hunt, Wisconsin over the years. It's been very helpful. Oh, for sure. Thanks for producing the show. It's super helpful to uh, Wisconsin deer hunters out there. Well, that's what we try to do. And speaking of helpful to hunters, gosh, you have a new series you call Cartridge Talk. It's a very interesting series. As you and I were talking before we started recording, you've only produced two so far, but I watched one of them, and I found you and your partner, Ryan, do a great job of explaining the .30-06 versus the three oh eight. explaining what can become a rather complicated topic and doing it in a humorous way that kept me engaged anyway, unlike a lot of how-to YouTube videos that drone on and, you know, pretty soon I want to go find something else to watch. But that was an interesting presentation, and you guys did a great job with it. For sure, Dan. Hey, I appreciate you tuning in and watching, and that was definitely a fun one. I mean, the whole series is fun. Like you said, it's called Cartridge Talks. We're on episode, or we've published episode two right now. And in the two current episodes, we've done a couple cartridge comparisons. So we did the 6.5 Creed versus the 308, two very popular cartridges. And then in this most recent one, as you mentioned, we did the 308 versus 30-06. Tell you what, man, nothing gets folks going like kicking the old cartridge hornet's nest. And for us, exploring these things in detail using ballistic gel and a little bit of science. I mean, we learn a lot and it's just super fun. And, you know, ultimately it's a lot of testing and discussion that helps folks make, you know, a more informed decision and the decision on a cartridge that's right for them. Yeah. And you do that right there in Barneville, don't you? You have a range there where you can shoot? We do, yes. We have an in-house range that we use for anything from internal product testing. We have the edge team that conducts formal trainings that people can sign up for. And we do marketing-related things and content creation projects like the cartridge talk down there as well. Yep. You made that look simple, 
but I've been in video production for 35 years, and I know that to make something look simple and clear takes a lot of work, and there's a lot that goes into it. It's a multi-camera setup. You did some slow motion stuff. You had a camera on the ballistic gelatin, so you can clearly see the bullet enter and expand and stop. And in one case, uh, one copper bullet from 30 out six actually went through and just kind of tumbles out the end of the gelatin block. That was just remarkable, I thought. So, yeah, and, and you nailed it, Dan, and said you're familiar with video production and the behind the scenes, man, that is all the work of our, our crack squad, uh, internal video team. We did, you know, have special lighting involved. Yeah, ultimately it turned out really cool. The goal is to make it look easy and seamless. And I can tell you, man, those folks uh, on the video team, they put a ton of work into it to make it look like that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What did you learn in producing that one about those two cartridges? I've always had a little bit of a, a bigger is better attitude. Maybe that's natural, but man, you know, getting to see the effectiveness of the 308, some of the differences in penetration and expansion between like a traditional cup and core and a copper bullet, that was really interesting to see in real life. And, you know, then you got to caveat it too and say like, okay, well, we're, we're doing these tests at 100 yards, you know, and, that, and those are the data points that we have, but, you know, things are happening to the bullet upon impact beyond those ranges. So I guess those are some things I learned and, and then, you know, when we start talking about some of those nuanced stuff, there's only so much stuff you can cover in the video. So actually, Ryan and I, post-video, we'll do a Vortex Nation podcast where we actually dissect the bullets from the gel, look at them, weigh them, and then also kind of weigh the pros and cons of each, um, like I said, with a little bit more of the nuance, more considerations at play. Like in that episode, by the parameters that we set, the 308 came out on top. I'm like, man, I'm still a huge 30-odd six fan. <laughs> and so we get to talk about that yeah. in the podcast and say like, well, yeah, you know, the 308 came out on top by these, you know, four or five metrics. But you know what? If I'm going to be in brown bear country or grizzly country, you know, maybe I want a little more gas. Yeah. So things like that. Yep, I hear you. Now, let me ask you this. You shot cup and core, which for folks who don't know that expression is a copper jacketed lead core bullet, which is the standard, gosh, for generations, big game bullet. And then you shot solid copper bullets as well. Are you a copper guy yet? You know what? For me, it honestly depends on the cartridge, the game that I'm after, you know, potentially regulations. Sure. Some states mandate that. Man, I am a copper fan. I've shot a lot of Hornady GMX bullets. I, I really do like the way they perform. But I, and I'm a really big fan of actually bonded bullets, which is something that we haven't done any testing with yet. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I like them both. You know, for me, a little bit comes down to what I'm after, what I need the bullet to do. And which one is going to shoot best out of my rifle? You know, I'm, I'm a stickler for accuracy, and I definitely want that bolt to go exactly where I want it to go, particularly when you're talking about potentially dialing elevation correction for extended range shots. Yeah. Well, it's not too early to start thinking about Wisconsin's gun deer season. I know people who hunt out west are already, they've already got their tags. They've already planned their, their hunts. They have their outfitters lined up. But those of us who hunt Wisconsin for whitetails, we probably know where we're going, but... A lot of folks don't dust off the rifles until the first week of November, you know, two weeks before the season. But now's a good time to start shooting, start thinking about if I'm going to upgrade my rifle or put a new scope on or change to copper or try copper this year. This is the time to do it, isn't it? It 
sure is. You make a great point there. And actually, to your point, once again, the Vortex is going to be having our Hunter side and event. So I'd say for your listeners out there, keep your eyes peeled for some communications, you know, coming out from Vortex, check the website, things like that, because we actually hold a Hunter side and event here where people can sign up for an allotted time. We have our techs on hand. They're going to help you, you know, if you need help, get your deer rifle sighted in potentially troubleshoot some issues that you might be having. It's just a super uh, helpful, fun event. We get to, you know, meet and greet and chat with the public. Uh, you get to see a few cool guns along the way, and then there's generally hot dogs outside, a little bit of a deer camp atmosphere outside, and that's a fun one. And the team that's helping folks out there, extremely knowledgeable about optics, mounting optics, troubleshooting, bullets, ammunition. If a person has a question, boy, we, we ought to be able to help them out. Fantastic. And that usually happens a couple of weeks before gun deer season, right? Don't quote me, Dan. We might be doing one this August, though. Oh, okay. Whenever that's scheduled, you will announce it, and we can find it on the website. And when I get a news release, which I do, and that's why I called you for this interview, I will definitely publicize it on the radio show. Sure. That's fantastic. So before we let you go, what's up next for Cartridge Talk? Keep your eyes peeled for a few more cartridge comparisons. Some of those might be very popular cartridges that Wisconsin deer hunters you'll often see in their hands. The cool thing about the series is the sky is really the limit. You know, we call it cartridge talks, but it's going to be, you know, cartridge-related things like bonded bullets. It seems like every time we do one, we leave with more questions, or every time we do a podcast, you know, we, we leave with as many questions as we've, we've answered. So it's just going to be a really fun series that we get to work on here and, and hopefully uh, help end users out there, like I said, make better, more informed decisions, or at least, you know, create some discussion, give folks some things to think about. And the sky's the limit, so stay tuned, right? little suspense there. All right, sounds good. Well, Mark, I look forward to the next episode of Cartridge Talk and, of course, to your upcoming sight-in clinics that you have. And we will talk to you again, I'm sure. We'll probably talk just before gun deer season, if not before. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. It's always a pleasure. And enjoy that Wisconsin summer before fall hits. It'll be here before we know it. That's the truth for sure, yeah. Mark Boardman is with the Vortex Marketing Team, and you can learn more about everything we've talked about and what Vortex offers on their website, vortexoptics.com. Be sure to check out their new series, Cartridge Talk, and the podcast that Mark mentioned as well. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Your land is your legacy, but keeping it healthy and thriving means caring for it now and in the future. The Family Forest Carbon Program can help you do right by your land 
with guaranteed income, help developing a forest management plan, and advice from experts. If you own 30 acres or more of forest land in Michigan, Wisconsin, or Minnesota, you may be eligible to enroll in the Family Forest Carbon Program. Visit FamilyForestCarbon.org and enroll today. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. Crestliner model year-end rebates will continue through the end of July, and Garmin, Humminbird, and Lowrance locators are on sale now, along with inflatable tubes, tow ropes, and PFDs. This is a great time to pick up a new Crestliner and get it rigged with quality electronics, so check the Cedar Lake Sales website for details. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camo wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com, and by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of our show and of duck hunters everywhere. To learn more about the world's leader in wetlands conservation, and visit ducks.org. And we're brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center at woodsideranch.com. If our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is not airing in your area now, you can always watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And the Deer Hunt Wisconsin show for the last several years is archived on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. If you missed any dates, websites, or phone numbers, or you want to listen again to our show, you can always catch it online at lake-link.com slash radio. It's also available as a podcast on the new Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com. And you can find Jeff on social media at Hardwater Jeff and find me at Dan Small Outdoors. 
Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. For more music and upcoming events, visit warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kim will be back next week. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next time for Outdoors Radio. When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy act is just Too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey